Live from Chicago, this is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics featuring occasional injections of rumor innuendo all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public service professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring commentary by Republican Mike Miller from DePaul University, Judith Sherwin, a pro-Trump Republican from Loyola University, and Chris Veronis, a Trump critic and also a public relations executive. Our program tonight coming to you based at the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago in the Paul and Angel Harvey Radio Studio, where our phone lines are open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. If you'd like to email me a comment, it's Bruce Dumont. 2019 at gmail.com. You want to tweet me a comment, it's at Dumo at D-U-M-O. And of course, you can join us on the World Wide Web, beyondthebeltway.com. And that is not only for tonight's show, but if you missed a show in the past, you can find it there. And of course, we're live on Facebook as well as we are live on YouTube. So that's how you can find us. Uh, we have prepared this show for uh, 39 years. And in 39 years, I think only once or twice uh, has a guest uh, not shown up. And at this moment, I don't know whether it's his fault or my fault. I'll take full blame for it. But again, we do not have our guest this evening who is going to represent uh, the Democratic uh, positions and the American Civil Liberties Union, uh, Peter Hanna, who you have seen on this program in the past. It may very well be that he'll show up in the middle of the show, but I don't think that's the case because I believe an error has been made. And again, the error might have been mine. And certainly I will uh, take uh, full uh, credit for it. I guess you take credit for a blame on this <laughs> what I'll do. Uh, so what we have this evening is we have a, uh, we have a variety of Republicans. We have Republicans uh, that are very pro-Trump. We have one who's uh, very critical. And we have one who uh, sort of likes Donald Trump now but didn't like him very much uh, uh, when he was running for president, and he's acknowledged on this show that he didn't vote for him. So that, I think, represents a lot of people in this country, so that it isn't necessarily an even you know, divide at the moment, a binary choice between a Republican and a Democrat. So we're going to have our discussion this evening. Some of it may be a little more uh, to the right than you would like it to be, but I'll try to be a, a devil's advocate on some of these points. And, you know, one of the things that was going to be the major topic of discussion, it turned out to be uh, maybe not as major as it turned out, and that is uh, the uh, the report for uh, uh, from Robert Mueller. And I want to get go to you, Judy, because you are an attorney. Um, you watch the hearings. You've certainly followed the, this case for uh, at, at, at infinitum since it's been going on. Right. What was your take? What was a high point and a low point for his testimony, in your view? Uh, well, I think that the um, the low point probably the low point and the high point I think really revolved around the same issue, and that was the issue of whether or not the failure to uh, bring a charge against the president in connection with obstruction of justice had to do with the Office of Legal Counsel opinion that you can't indict a sitting president. Um, Ted Lieu um, sort of got out of him um, not completely clear statement that, well, yeah, maybe that was on his mind and that wasn't why he charged him. And then he went to lunch, and he came back, and he started off the afternoon by saying, 
Well, that's not really what I said, and that's not the right way to say it. I did not make a decision on obstruction. And, and I think that that was really um, a high point because the Democrats are trying to, well, they're trying very hard to ignore the fact that the report says there is no conspiracy. They're trying very hard to avoid the fact that as far as a legal term is concerned, there's no such thing as collusion unless you're talking about antitrust, which we're not talking about. So that, that issue, they can't deal with that, and they can't deal with the fact that now they have no obstruction either, so they have to go try and make it up themselves. Chris Veronis, you are uh, you're not you're a critic of the president. You're also a professional public relations executive. Um, is is this story to the to the general public, which may not even have watched any of the hearings, is is this case clear to them or not? I, you, I think I think is it, it was, clear who the good guys and the bad guys are based uh, on uh, on the way the, the Republicans I, and the Democrats have, have think, used the, the the publicity vehicles of the last three years. The sheer anticlimax of the release, the original release of the Mueller report in April, was clear. Um, there was no slam dunk, and then you're going to go and drag a 74-year-old retiree out of retirement, nations asking him to conduct an investigation on collusion. You drag him up there kicking and screaming, and you expect him not to defend his report. This was an outcome I felt like everyone saw was coming, and I, that noise that everyone heard after the hearing was the prospects for impeachment dying. And uh, this was silly of the Democrats to do this, uh, clearly set themselves up for failure. But it's not dying in the House. I, it may be dying I, in, I, in coffee tables and cocktail Nancy parties, Pelosi but I'm not so sure. Nancy Pelosi does not want this. They're slow boating it. She said it herself in the press conference that they're going to pursue action in the courts, which could take months. And there's a prevailing sentiment that if you don't do impeachment in September, it's over. Because why have a presidential election? Why are you giving people uh, the, a vote to choose between two candidates if you've got an impeachment process happening on a parallel track? Mike Miller, uh, your reaction. I, I want to believe that I respond to principles, and I want people to be treated fairly. I was, I guess the only word I could use, outraged, that they, prep, they brought up this skin idea, did you exonerate the president? They asked a prosecutor, did you exonerate the president? Since when does a prosecutor exonerate yeah. anybody? Mm -hmm. right. All they do is they present the evidence. And for these people, they know this. And in spite of it, they try to make it sound to the American people that somehow he's guilty because he wasn't exonerated. Right. And the second piece, if a prosecutor has a bunch of evidence, but it leads nowhere, the idea that you would then present that evidence and smear people, even though it's not enough for you to say these people are guilty and you should, you should have a, a, a hearing regarding the uh, uh, obstruction. I think if he had nothing that he could stand behind that was obstruction, he should have just, there should not have been a part two, a chapter two. Absolutely. There should have been chapter one, and this idea of exoneration is just preposterous. Who at this table believes that an, impe an impeachment of the president is a good thing for him politically. Okay, silence. I, I, yeah, was surprised I, by I, that. I think he may. Uh, it would even further, as you said, I'm the person who did not vote for him, right. but I'm so afraid of the Democrats, and I find Trump to be an interesting man. I really like the court appointments and so forth. 
Um, I think it could it could uh, drive people like me and others who are kind of on the, the fence regarding this guy to vote for him because of the, the basic unfairness of what is going on here. I, I would agree. I would yeah. agree. I would like to get, I would, by the way, I'd like to get the reaction from anybody uh, listening to the program this evening. Uh, based on what you saw last week in the Mueller hearings, is there anything that you heard uh, that, that changed your opinion uh, or did just solidify your opinion? We'll come back. We'll get more comments from our guests. And we'll also talk about a variety of other things when we roll on from Chicago. I'm Bruce Dumont. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Nice to have you with us. Uh, 1-800-723-8289 is the phone number. Um, many Democrats are arguing that there's enough out there that the, there should be an inquiry, and, and many in the House believe that there should be impeachment uh, proceedings against the president. And some of the more practical members, including I think the speaker is basically saying, do we really want to do this because it may tick off the, the, the public and they're going to take it out on us and we don't think the Republicans are going in the Senate are going to vote to convict him anyway. So they're making a political <clears throat> calculation. There's some people who are running for president that say, forget the political calculation. The Democrats have a responsibility now to impeach, to inquire and impeach. And they may not make it, but they may, but they may be setting a standard that if, if all of the things that are out there now, if that's not enough to call for an inquiry and impeachment, what the hell is in the future? What sort of smoking gun are we going to demand in the future? And that really, those that are looking at this purely as a political thing are really not doing what the Founding Fathers had in mind. Is there truth to that? The, well, Judith. I mean, the question, you know, when you said that all the things that are out there now, all right, there isn't anything out there now. I've dealt with defending people who've been accused with obstruction of justice. And what the president did does not rise to that standard, number one. Number two, you have to have a corrupt intent. They have no idea what his intent was. 
because there isn't enough there from even to begin to infer what was going on. Are you, are you as a Republican, I want to ask everybody here, are you comfortable with the, with the level of uh, conversations that were going on with Russians or Russian operatives? You know, every based on what's out there. Okay, based on what's out there, every campaign talks to foreign governments. Every campaign does. All right, and the fact that there were, I mean, Paul Manafort had a Ukrainian connection. I'm sure he talked to Ukrainians. There were people who knew Russians. This Papadopoulos both was talking to various foreign ambassadors and also had connections with Israel. I mean, they talk to other countries. That's part of what goes on during a campaign. I mean, Jeff Sessions meets the Russian ambassador at a reception with, you know, hundreds of other people around and shakes his hand. I mean, do we really think that there's a plot going on? Do you think there's a plot going on or was there a plot? it, It bothers me. Okay. It, it, it bothers me, uh, like uh, on a moral level, if anything, uh, just to see the President of the United States standing next to a guy who's said to be the richest man in the world and one of the most ruthless, Vladimir Putin, acting like his lapdog. Yeah, there are a lot of presidents, or I'm sorry, there are a lot of presidential campaigns that talk with foreign governments, but um, if, if you just put that it, by itself, that might that might look innocuous, but coupled with the, the can't, uh, every single state election database was hacked or, or there was an attempt for that to happen. Right. Um, that's really, really troublesome. And I would like to see more moral leadership on the part of the president, es- especially because the Republicans championed anti-communism and the supremacy of the West for but so many years. Are, are you assuming that the Trump campaign knew that Russians no, were hacking I, into people? It, 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 and it wasn't every state, but whoever. Um, if it was one state, it's a problem. But I you really like think they knew that? Donald Trump be less submissive whenever the name Vladimir Putin well, so, is uttered. You know, Mike I, it's, I mean, it's confounding to me. It's a negotiation. It's a negotiation. Yeah. It, it bothers me, but again, I'm going to go back. And I'm going to keep invoking principles. The obstruction idea. The man is innocent. He did not conspire. And if everybody kept saying things about me, I would be angry when I knew that they were untrue. And I would say to my yeah. friends behind closed doors certain things which will sound bad if put into the public. My fear is what we're trying to do is we're trying to make uh, illegal thought crimes. Right. And that's so 1984, it really, it scares me. So you the, do not support even any inquiry based no, on No, we've had the inquiry. We've had okay. two years on this. Okay. You've had we've had two years on this. How many are you going to have? And, and, and I, it, here's the other piece of the principle. If this is so important, then why is not Fusion GPS and the Clinton, administ- the Clinton folks who paid for this steel dossier, why is this not front and center, along with what because happened this, with Mr. Trump. Because this should have been Trump. Russian disinformation. Well, I the, mean, the point is, if the How topic so was the Russians trying to influence the election, it should have been on both parties, not just one. Yeah, I don't Bruce, get it. Bruce, you said earlier, should they or shouldn't they, the Democrats? Yes. At the end of the day, the impeachment, an impeachment proceeding is effectively political. It's what Congress says is, is high crimes and misdemeanors. That doesn't mean, though, that impeachment proceedings are devoid of a legal basis. There was a, a, a strong legal basis 
for the Nixon almost impeachment. Sure. And yes, the there Clinton was. actual impeachment. And that was perjury and suborning. Of course. Perjury. Right. And those are real crimes. Right. And what you have here is an obstruction crime. statute that is vague and extremely subjective and not, uh, uh, many legal scholars would say, the basis for an impeachment proceeding. So, so um, that takes away sort of the merits. Um, it, it takes away the wind and the sails for the, the merits of the impeachment. But politically, if I were a Democratic strategist, I would be telling leadership you have to beat Trump at the polls. Exactly. You have to right. defeat him. You need to right. stand for something. It, you have right. to, and just like you did in 2018 when these Republican-leaning suburbs flipped okay, and well. gave Nancy Pelosi the speakership, you have to defeat him and, and avoid any um, appearance but, of having legitimacy problems. But those districts, those districts that flipped, which are part of the, 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 the centrist Democrats. They're the ones that I think Nancy Pelosi is, she wants to protect those absolutely. people. Absolutely. She's worried they have to go out and they have to vote up or down on an impeachment in a district that was carried by Donald Trump, even though a, a Democrat came along and knocked off the member of Correct. Congress. Right. They're fearful that they're going to lose some of those seats and she'll lose her majority. That's absolutely. exactly right. And, and I think that, I think this will become worse, even more hysterical more insane um, as we go along because it becomes clearer and clearer that it looks like he is going to be able to win. I mean, we're, we, we're, we're about to go through a second round of the debates. Do you see anybody on that stage who's going to beat him? I do not so far. And I'd like to say one thing about the Putin business, okay? Putin, uh, Trump's behavior in public toward Putin is not necessarily what's going on in private, nor... <coughs> we don't me. know what's happening in private. That's exactly yeah, right. That's right. Okay. Well, all all this, we have to go on is his, his demeanor well, with but Putin, he, and we never but did for any president. Right. I don't think. No, that's but, exactly right. And oh, what, we wanna know, what we yeah, want to know, what we want... Let's remember a little, a little history as well. I'm sorry. Right. Go ahead, We Judy. need to be able to get along with the Russians. Mm -hmm. There are some issues in this world on which we need to get along with them. And if the president says a nice thing about Vladimir Putin in the hopes of making him a little bit more malleable at the negotiating uh, yeah. table, I don't have a major problem with yeah. it. It Ju doesn't Judy, mean he loves it. So, and it doesn't. Think, think historically uh, as well. Presidents have stood or sat or talked to monsters in the past. Joseph Stalin was a Yalta. And then when we finally opened up China, Richard Nixon talks to who? The greatest monster maybe in the history of, of the past four centuries, right. and that was Mao Zedong. And you are next to a person whose policies killed 90, yeah, but, 80 million of his own people. Sometimes to, to, to advance the United States, you have to stand next to Mike, monsters. In all the instances you just mentioned, all those nations feared the United States and respected the United States well, you have out of that you, fear. Do you really think Russia does Joseph Stalin. Do you think Russia's Russia economy is, is, is the size of Texas? I think Vladimir Putin is just tickled pink. That, that he could, that he has this much effect oh, I agree. on the United oh, States. Absolutely. Is there any doubt in your mind that he is, if, if he was successful last time, the relationship between, the alleged relationship between the Russians and 
the Trump reelection effort, is it still going to be present? Is it going to be front and center? I'm sure. Or it are is. the Trump people going to well, say, no, I don't want your help anymore? They didn't it, get, I mean, well, you're assuming it, they got help. They didn't I, get help. That's what the whole Mueller report no, 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 is about. No, 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 no. If that's they, what they, you're they saying. Rece- no, no. They received some help in their, in their uh, uh, miscommunication, in their propaganda campaign. They did get some help. Some. They, well, I, they, took, they took anti-Hillary items and they spread them throughout the Internet. Now again, yeah. these but are, there these, were anti-Hillary items. There were anti-Trump yes. items that they also spread throughout yes. the internet. Yes, what were they? That's right. There were there have been very many instances where they said that the Russians were also putting out anti-Trump stuff at the same time, and the theory about this whole what, business. Like, like well, let me finish. The theory about this whole business with with the anti-Hillary stuff. They never thought she was going to lose. There isn't anybody not. in the whole world who thought she was going to no, lose, I, I, including I the that. Russians, all right? So I, what they wanted to yeah. do, let me finish. What they wanted to do was have a president of the United States who would be elected, who would have all this awful baggage going into <laughs> office, and they were going to use it. So they ended up with awful baggage, but not quite the way they wanted to. And we have been really complicit in helping them. We've got to pause. 1-800-723-8029. When we come back, we're going to switch gears and talk about a few other things, including the city of Baltimore. Don't go away. Keeping in touch with family and friends or reaching public safety officials can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power. Switch mobile phones and devices to power-saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, Go to FCC.gov slash emergency. He is. Oh, my gosh. He's so Bruce Dumont back in Chicago, 1-800-723-8029. We're going to go to calls in just a moment. Let's let our guests introduce themselves, and we begin with Judith Sherwin. Judy? I'm Judy Sherwin. I am a, a, a lawyer at the firm of Retzel & Andrus in Chicago, uh, and I also am a professor of business ethics and the First Amendment in the law school of Loyola University. Okay. Chris Veronis. I'm Chris Veronis. I'm a principal at ESAP Communications Group. It's a communications consulting firm um, and an occasional blogger. And Mike Miller. And I am uh, an economist at DePaul University. Got my PhD from the University of Pittsburgh in 1980. And I've had one job since then. Uh, DePaul, a great place to work. Uh, Chicago. I don't know. You're the only person I know who's had one job. I've had, yes. (laughs) And I, I, you know, I did things like pumped gas and yeah. worked home improvements before that and picked up trash for the city of Pittsburgh. But I've really had in my profession a single job for 39 years. <laughs> and I've loved every minute of it. Well, congratulations. We always love when you're here. By the way, uh, one of the big uh, stories of uh, actually the last uh, several days 
is uh, the, the tweet of the President of the United States uh, going after the city of Baltimore and its uh, longtime member of Congress, Elijah Cummings, who's the uh, chairman of uh, several committees uh, upon which uh, members of the administration have appeared uh, recently. And uh, last week, early last week, the acting director of the Department of Homeland Security, uh, Mr. Kevin uh, McAllen, was invited to participate uh, in a hearing uh, chaired by Elijah Cummings. And if, if you listen to the story of the presidential tweets and his tweet storm today <coughs> on all of the shows, at least that I've seen, and I saw three shows today, if you look at all the coverage, all the network executive anchors, they're all decrying what they have described as a racist tweet by the president against Elijah Cumming and against the city of Baltimore. And that's been the big story for the last, let's say, 24 hours. On these programs, I did not see anyone show you the video we're going to show you right now which is the treatment of the acting DHS secretary when he appeared before the committee of Elijah Cumming. So let's look at that, and then we're going to look at all the you-know-what that hit the fan after <laughs> that. Here we go. You feel like you're doing a great job, right? Is it what you're saying? We're doing our level best in a very What does that mean? What does that mean when a child is sitting in their own feces, can't take a shower? Come on, man. What's that about? None of us would have our children in that position. They are human beings. And I'm trying to figure out, and, and, and I get tired of folks saying, oh, oh, they just beating up on the Border Patrol. Oh, they just beating up on Homeland Security. Now, what I'm saying is I want to concentrate on these children. And I want to make sure that they are okay. I will say it, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's not the deed that you do to a child, it's the memory. It's the memory. And so, in, and, and, I, and I told the head of Border Patrol the other day, I said, I want to know what's happening in the meantime. We are the United States of America. We are the greatest country in the world. We are the ones that can, can go anywhere in the world and save people. Make sure that they have diapers. Make sure that they have toothbrushes. Make sure that they're not laying around defecating in some silver paper. Come on, we're better than that. Okay, that was Elijah coming and he was venting his spleen to the acting director of DHS. President Trump watched that, he saw it, he got upset, and he decided to unleash a tweet storm. There were many tweets, I'm gonna read one of, uh, one of them to you. As proven last week during a congressional tour, the border is clean, efficient, and well run, just very crowded. Cumming District is a disgusting, rat and rodent infested mess. He, he, if he spent more time in Baltimore, maybe he could help clean up this very dangerous and filthy place. End of that tweet. There were other tweets. 
that tweet has been perceived as racist, and I want to get reaction from our guests on the way in which Elijah Cumming went after the head of DHS and the way in which the president chose to react to it. Was it a deliberate attempt to rally his base? Chris Peronis. Um, well, I, I mean, you could say that that tweet was imprudent, insensitive, divisive, maybe even hateful, um, and ignorant too. Um, I, you know, I accurate. I, Would you say it was accurate? Yeah, accurate. Yeah. Could it be accurate. about what's happening? Could it? Could it? Yeah, be? it could you, be. You, could be. Just the idea of the chief executive of the United States going after uh, p people, United States citizens, it just doesn't make sense. It, it's it's he not becoming of the talking president. talking about rats. He wasn't talking he's about talking, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's, but he's, and he's, he's saying, he's also why should these about, people live like this? He's talking about people who live there, too. No, maybe no. the politicians, who they're the ones supposed to clean up the Mike, people's Mike, house. Mike, no, right. go ahead. Let's give your interpretation. This idea that if a white person attacks a person of color, it's automatically yeah, racist. This is a preposterous I, idea. I, I don't why disagree. wasn't it when Cummings I, went after the guy from DHS, why wasn't that racist? Because you had a black man attacking a white man. They're both preposterous ideas. I it's agree. just an idea against I, I an agree. idea. You know, I, it, I really... It, it's just sort of silly to have a president picking these kinds of fights. I wouldn't well, do what no, he no, did. Well, no, no. Judy, and, 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 and yeah. Sherwood. Well, first of all... It's a question I, I, of style, I think, is what we're Okay, so it's a question of style. I'll agree with you about that. Yeah. But I hadn't seen this before. I mean, this is terrible, what he did. I, yeah, I, but I, that, that's well, par for the course in these committees, yeah, especially it's, when well, they're controlled by the Well, it shouldn't be party. par for the course. All right. There is a crisis at the border. There is overcrowding yeah, at the agreed. border. The United States government is trying to do everything they can to deal with it. They take tours. They take people with cameras. They do all kinds of things. And the only thing that people want to, the, the media want to talk about is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talking about people drinking out of toilets, which is absolutely not going on. All yeah. right. So. And by the, the way, coming had not. Cumming has not been to the border. Right. So, so he has, talking about the feces thing was he hearsay right. on his part. He didn't see it with his own he eyes. He did. That's correct. He has no idea. And so the president yeah. is the, defending his his homeland security department because he knows what they're doing. The, and well, yeah. just I mean, I, you have to. Should he have found a better way to deal with it? Maybe, yeah. but he's got this demagogue, and I'm sorry, he's a demagogue, and he's demagoguing this issue, talking about children in their own feces. Come on. That is so not going, two, that's not two going things on. things can be true at okay, once. Chris. No. The, right, let's go to Chris first. Okay. Two things can be true at once. This is, in my opinion, conduct unbecoming of, of a leader of the free world. What should One. he do? Then what and should two, he do with something but, but like two, that? The problem with anti-racism is Anti-racism sees itself as a hammer, and when you're a hammer, everything is a nail. And every kind of behavior that deviates off of what is viewed to be um, racist, everything's racist. And, and that's the problem. That's the problem that the Democratic Party and the media perpetuate, that there's only one standard for racism, that I have to disagree with what you say. And this is what we're seeing play out. Well, again, I think it, my point about this morning was, on the shows that I watched, no one showed 
the first video. Right. Now, the first video, I, I might say, described that uh, that was the first punch that was thrown. Right. And, and Trump, then the cameras roll, and then Trump comes back, and he tweets, and I, I think I agree with Judy, he's standing up for his law enforcement people who've been beaten up primarily by Democratic members of Congress. And also, by the way, uh, something that, that he obviously did not address. I mean, here we are in the month of July, and, and, and the president has warned Congress since January that there was a crisis at the border. It took seven months for the Democrats to come up with $4.3 billion. They could have provided better care for the people that they say are being abused there. And what the, what the, what the president was, the point he was making was, listen, uh, you, you should maybe spend a little time in your own backyard because you've, you've got problems in your own backyard. Don't be talking about what's going on at the border. Be yeah. worrying about what's going right. on in Baltimore City, right. in Baltimore County. And that's, that's, I mean, I think that's a very valid point. And, and um, I mean, look, is it racist to describe the, the city of Baltimore and certain parts of it the way the president described it? Of course not. Has anybody in this, in this world not seen the TV show, The Wire? It was filmed in Baltimore. The, the, the situation and the conditions in Baltimore were used as, a, as almost a character in the show. And the president isn't allowed to say to Elijah Cummings, you know what, why don't you take care of what's going on in your city and, and worry about that. And I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, did he say it in a crude way? Yeah, he said it in his usual New York, Queens, direct Where trash talk. Way. New York City trash talk. Yeah, but you know, but, but, there, there's uh, yeah. two sides. Here's uh, yeah, again, it, I, I keep I get, keep coming back to the same thing. Yeah. I would hope that I wouldn't do what some of these folks have done, including Trump, yeah. uh, principal. But the the Democrats said this was a manufactured crisis, and now right. then they're beating him over the head. Right. They said that the, uh, Trump used the s hole to talk about these countries, yeah. and they said, "Oh, you can't be saying that." But then when they want to justify people coming to this country, they describe these countries as being. This, yes, these right. horrible situations that no one should ever live in. Well, Somehow, when he does it, it's bad. When they do it, it's good. back from Chicago, I'm Bruce Dumont. Hi, I'm Ryan Sandberg, and I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen. Now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it. Millions estimate their benefits online, so they can do what they want offline. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness. Helping themselves. And helping each other. With friends, family, and community lending their strength and support. Join the Voices for Recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders, for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. They're listening tonight in Finger Lakes, New York, and it's nice to have you with us this evening. 1-800-723-8229. We'll go to calls in just a moment, but after I make this quick point, everyone is saying that th these tweets... They're fanning the flames of racism. That's Silly. what all the the the, uh, uh, the pundits are saying, and that it's really going after Trump's base. It isn't even a whistle anymore. It's it's a it's a bullhorn 
going after his base because they like they, they like when the president is is beating up on a black member of Congress. Okay, that's that's the way they're thinking about it. The other thing that I'm wondering because because Trump is somewhat of a of a great Machiavellian thinker in some ways. I'm wondering how many African Americans and again if you're if you're black and you're listening to the show this evening, I'd like to get your response to what I'm about to say. Because it seems to me that if you're black and you live in Baltimore or Chicago or San Francisco or any urban area where there's a large number of blacks, unfortunately, there are parts of the city that are not in good shape. And they may have rats and they may have other city services that have not been provided. And I'm wondering in many of those cases, the members of Congress in those areas are all Democrats, and the problems in those communities have been problems for five, six, or seven decades. So I'm wondering, when the national news media goes after President Trump, allegedly for trying to fan the flames of his racist followers, I'm wondering how many African Americans are saying to themselves, you know what, maybe the president's right. Maybe Elijah Cumming should have spent more of the last 40 years doing things to bring money to Baltimore City. There was a Democratic president for eight years. Congress has been controlled by the Democrats for most of the last 50 years. They're controlled by the Democrats now. Nancy Pelosi grew up in Baltimore. It would seem to me that between Nancy Pelosi and, and, and uh, Elijah Cumming, with the power of the control of the House and the purse strings, they should be able to do more in Baltimore and in the inner cities of every major metropolitan area in the United States. I'm wondering whether the president's attack allegedly, on Elijah Cumming, who basically said, hey, go back to your own hometown and clean it up. I wonder how many African Americans who live in that situation are saying, Mr. President, you, you're, you're kicking butt. I like what you're saying. I don't think it's racist. I think it's calling attention to political leaders who have taken us for granted mm -hmm. and they've mm -hmm. given us nothing except in many cases, neighborhoods that are rat or rodent infested. And they're not blaming the president for it because he's only been around for two years. Right. Here, and here. I really would like to hear from African-Americans listening to this show this evening, if you think there's any truth to what I have just uttered or you think that I'm all wet. Either way, 1-800-723-8289. Uh, let's go to um, let's go to Alan listening to us in Austin, Texas. He wants to talk about uh, Baltimore. Go ahead, Alan. Thank you, Bruce. Uh, I say deals to your comments. Uh, you know, I I think it's long overdue that we've had somebody with the gonads to call out the black politicians. They've represented. Most of them are career politicians, yes. like Elijah Cummings, and they represented their their districts 
40 years, that all they are interested in is more welfare money for districts, not jobs, not, not, anyhow, I think I commend the president, I hope that people will, will reiterate his criticism. These do-nothing black politicians is corrupt, who must be corrupt. Okay, thank you for your comment. Let's go to Ellen. She's listening to us on YouTube in Chicago. Oops. Are you there? Well, I guess you're not there. How about Kevin in Austin, Texas? Go ahead. Now speak up. Yes, can you hear me okay? Yes. Hey, I appreciate you guys' show. Thank you. Listen, I think what the president is doing is deflection. Because what he's basically saying is, Elijah Cummings criticized the border issue. Yes. So he's saying nobody can criticize the border issue unless their district is like 100% straight. Elijah Cummings has a right to criticize this one. Yes. If Trump wants to talk about Cummings' district, he should have talked about it during that urban, rural uh, thing he has going on where he's trying to put money in the industry. Talk about yes. it then, not now. That's a good point. Do you think maybe he would have been called a uh, racist at that point if he said things are really bad, why don't you clean it up? No, he, okay, if he wants to say things are really bad, we all know that. He's not saying anything new. But then why is it Trump racist? To be why is it assumed that this statement, his tweet was racist? Just like the attack upon the squad. Why was that racist? It was just four women with whom he disagrees, and I do too. And I, it's not racist. It's just difference of opinion. Go ahead, Kevin. I don't think, I don't think it was. Well, when you take everything into context and how Trump acts, yeah, it is kind of racist because oh. he doesn't talk that way to other people. Sure, he does. People, he talks that way to everybody. Out, everybody. Kevin, we're out of time. We, no, we have another, no. We no, have another full hour. Special, we'll be back. But we'll be right back. It to That's okay. Sandberg, and I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen. Now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it. Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness. Helping themselves. And helping each other. With friends, family, and community lending their strength and support. Join the Voices for Recovery. Together, we are stronger. 
for 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders. For you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Keeping in touch with family and friends or reaching public safety officials can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power. Switch mobile phones and devices to power-saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, go to FCC.gov emergency. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Bruce Dumont back for hour number two of Beyond the Beltway. By the way, if you did not hear the news this afternoon, uh, the president announced that Dan Coats, the former senator from Indiana, uh, the head of national intelligence, he is resigning. He is going to be leaving on August 15th. And Congressman John Ratcliffe, who was one of the Republican stars of the, the Mueller hearings last week, uh, he is going to be named uh, by the president. Uh, and some people are speculating that one of the reasons why Mr. Coates has had enough is that a lot of the advice he's made to the president specifically about the importance of preparing uh, 2020 against possible uh, foreign involvement by the Russians and others and to really beef up our election uh, situations, uh, systems in the United States. Uh, some are suggesting that's why uh, he is leaving at this point. But again, uh, uh, that's going to be another change. That will probably dominate much of the news uh, this coming week and certainly in the Democratic uh, debates that are coming up this week as well. So John uh, or Dan Coates, <clears throat> who was a guest on this program, I really one of the real rock solid members uh, of the United States Senate for many, many years. And again, sort of a I think sort of a surprise pick. Uh, to work with Donald Trump yeah. uh, when he was elected mm -hmm. president of the United States. Two years is enough, and he has resigned. And again, John Ratcliffe, uh, who was pretty much of a lapdog uh, during the hearings last week, he is now the head of national intelligence, one of the most important jobs in the United States. Reaction. When you take someone who has had the record of Dan Coats, and, you know, obviously the boss is always the boss, 
and there was just dif differences of opinion. But it seems to me that there's a big difference between Dan Coates and John Ratcliffe based on the hearings. Dan I wish I had, uh, I, I certainly am <clears throat> in line with Coates in terms of the issue. I just think the solution is so much easier than people are making it out to be, and, and nobody wants to go that way, which would be paper ballots counted right there and then phoned in. You take everything off the Internet, you can't have anybody, the Russians, the Chinese, nobody can get into the system. I, have the Republicans made a mistake by not providing extra money no, uh, in security for this? It, that's not true. The, that, that was just a, a, a farce, a democratically induced farce that happened when they, they asked for unanimous <laughs> consent of that bill, mm -hmm. and they knew it was going to fail, and they feigned their shocked and surprised that it went down. Last year, Congress allocated more than $300 million in election security. So that this is just that this is just an easy win for the Democrats that that the, the media swallowed whole. Um, but you asked about but Dan Coates. But, 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 but go ahead, finish your yeah. comment about Dan Coates. I, he, a, a steady <coughs> hand, exactly the way you described him. A steady mm -hmm. hand, a public servant. He's a conservative, and he knew why he was a conservative. I, I remember him when he mm -hmm. served in the Senate. Um, you know, I you for as tough a, of a job as the presidency is. You want people who are going to disagree with you. Um, you don't want people who are going to disagree with you publicly. And I, I think I think Dan Coates went there, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe his hand was forced. I don't know. But you don't want to be surrounded with a bunch of lapdogs, um, especially when it comes to national intelligence, national security. Um, so it's a loss, I think. It, it's a loss that Dan Coates is not the steady hand that we need in a position like that. Judy, what do you think? Well, I mean, I, I, I would have to agree that, that it is a loss, um, but I also would point out, as, as you just pointed out, that the president does need people to disagree with him, but not in the front page of the New York Times. Right. This is just not done. And, and you know, every one of—I think when the president came in, he, he tried to do a sort of balancing act. He put in some people— who he thought were, um, you know, partisan, who were going to agree with him, who he felt he may maybe owed something to, which is why Sessions became the attorney general. Um, but he also picked people like Dan Coates, <clears throat> who he thought were, or, and, and Mattis, who he thought were professionals, who were going to be good for the administration. And they were. They were. But they, they both decided that they were better than the president, yeah. that the well, president wasn't necessarily the president, and that they knew better about various so, things, and they were going to discuss it out in public. So I'll, I'll, you don't do that to the boss. I'll take this back to impeachment. Sure. There's one man right now, there's one reason, and it's one former White House staffer, why we're not having an impeachment proceeding right now, and it's Don McGahn. <laughs> because he wouldn't testify? Be, be, because he wouldn't fire Mueller like the president oh, asked him to sure. do two mm -hmm. or three times. He declined. And uh, he hoped that Trump forgot, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Tr Trump just okay. got off the horse. Mm -hmm. And so this is the value right. of someone in the White House who disagrees, Absolutely. especially but with a what? guy like he's Donald the, Trump. Yeah, he's, but, the, he's the, <laughs> he's the president. Well, he's really the country lawyer, but he's the White House counsel, right? And so the president goes to him 
and and floats some insane idea. Insisted on it. And insisted on it. He's not the first client in the world to do that and have a lawyer talk him off the the, edge. To to me, uh, when I look at all the things that are going on, it seems to me that the smartest guy in the White House that he listens to is Jared Kushner. Mm-hmm. He does. Uh-huh. He he is offended by either the style of, of some of these folks, or you know, yeah. I mean, he was Dan Coats was certainly a, a Republican establishment 101 well, in now, all ways. Yes, he's listening to so Bill there Barr. were there isn't a comfort level, but again, uh, uh, and 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 Kushner is pushing ideas, but he always has the president's ear because of the because of the family relationship. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we got to go to calls. Let's go to Linda listening to us in Austin, Texas. Go ahead, Linda. Are you there? Hi, how are you? I am fine. How about yourself? I'm wonderful, thank you. Good. Go ahead. You're on the air. Yes, I was listening to you regarding, um, I'm, I'm a black female, middle, middle-aged uh mid 60s, born mm-hmm. and raised in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I went into the Air Force from Philadelphia, spent some time there, uh, got out, went into law enforcement, retired from there. I currently live in Austin, Texas, and I've been here the last 28 or so years. Mm-hmm. I want to say I completely and 100% agree with your assessment of uh Everything that's going on in Baltimore, I have, I voted and will vote again in 2020 for President Trump. He's done nothing but a great, wonderful job. And I want to say off the top, from the very beginning that I'm, I'm very dismayed and upset regarding how people are using the word race, racism, you're racist, so arbitrarily, so, so generally. At, to the point that has diminished the meaning of the word, the impact of that word. Yeah, that's that's a very good point, uh, Linda. We've got to pause here for a moment for a commercial break, but stay on the line. I want to pick up and ask you a couple of other questions. On the other side, we also have a lot of callers, and uh, actually, the next segment we'll make them all callers, uh, wall to wall. So don't go away. We'll hear from the audience from coast to coast and border to border tonight on Beyond the Beltway. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, We're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, We all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. 
Stand by. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. We go back to uh, Linda uh, from Austin, Texas. You identified yourself as an African-American woman. Uh, how many people do you think agree with your assessment tonight, Linda? In the Of your African-American friends, are you... Are you a lone wolf, or are there others that agree with you? Uh, no. From, rel- from relatives to friends, I'd say I'm as close to a lone wolf as, you can, as I can possibly be. Mm-hmm. In my position, uh, whenever I discuss it or we get into a uh, discussion with both friends and family, I find myself standing alone with both my uh, beliefs uh, my support of the president, the fact that I voted for the president, and the fact that there's nothing he has done from day one until now that has made me regret my re- has made me regret my vote. You said in the last segment, you said that the use of the word racism has got to a point where it doesn't mean anything anymore. Uh, can you elaborate on that? And and could you go back to? Uh, could you go back to a time uh, when you thought it still meant something? When, 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 did the, when did the meaning of that word lose its impact for you? Uh, recently, it's, it's lost its impact. Every, if, any, if the president agrees with anyone of color, black, Hispanic, or anyone of color, because anything that is considered disparaging by the media, he's assumed to be racist. <laughs> And, and when that happens, I, I laugh out loud because I agree with almost 95% of his, what he says and how he views things and his perspective. So I, as a black woman, would be racist as well then, if we're to use their definition of what a racist is. Would you agree now uh, on the use of the term rat infested, rat and rodent infested, and he is used... Uh, that analogy uh, in other comments prior to this. Would you agree that when people are talking about rat-infested neighborhoods, that many people, when they hear those words, they think that black families don't keep clean houses? And is that not the basis of a perception that might exist with some whites hearing those words, I'm sure there. I'm sure that is the case. That there are some whites who perceive that, and they would probably use that definition, or, or I'm sorry, that description that uh, blacks are are dirty. I've heard that before. I've mm-hmm. heard that association with the term uh, you, you live in a rat infested uh, ghetto. Right. And, and that, that's what you're talking about. But that's not what the president is talking about. And what he's saying, what President Trump has said, is a fact. Does it change the fact that it is rat infested? There are ghetto, and, and that, e, that E. Cummings has not, Elijah Cummings has not done the job he needs to do for the people of Baltimore in terms of representing and changing their the environment, making the city of Baltimore better for everyone who lives there. Okay. Linda, thanks very much for your call. We do appreciate it. Let's go to Eric, who's on line four. 
He is uh, listening to us on the video stream tonight. And go ahead, Eric, uh, you're on the air from New Hampshire. Uh, hi, Bruce. Uh, nice. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Thank uh, you. You know, I was just thinking the whole mess in Baltimore. Um, you know, uh, cities like Baltimore had a re renaissance uh, over the last 20 years or so until the last few years, and that was because they controlled crime. And now mm -hmm. Bill Clinton is, is being treated like some kind of racist just because he uh, wanted to enforce some laws and, and not have complete and utter chaos. The Democrats today seem like they want complete and utter chaos at the border, in the cities, everywhere. They, they just don't want, I, I don't know, they say they love America, but I, I don't see any example. Yeah. Well, I think you are. I think you're correct. I mean, the the when the Democrats were in the White House and the Democrats controlled uh, Congress, uh, you know, the 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 popularity of three strikes and you're out. Uh, it spread throughout the country from California all throughout the country, then to federal legislation, and uh, crime did go down. Prison and populations yeah. went up. <laughs> Now again, the now big, the now the, the, the reinterpretation of that is that it was based on race, and that's that's no. frankly one of the issues that uh, Joe Biden has to deal with, right? Because yeah. he wanted black too many cops on the street. Black people are the biggest victims of this uh, insanity. Right, Chris, do you have a comment? Just that this is the problem with identity politics and race consciousness um, as a, as a as public policy, where you're judging past actions that happen in a specific context with a standard that doesn't even exist today. It's just some abstract standard that nev probably never will exist. And that's the insanity of the, the, the far left, like the, the squad or whatever they're called. That's the insanity that's coming out of them. Where, where you're going to have the Democratic Party cannibalize itself in this primary. Yeah, they, um, if you want to read a little bit about uh, Stephen Chapman in the Chicago Tribune, it's also mm -hmm. on Real Clear Politics, uh, he gave a quick history of the 94 law. And some of the large, the biggest supporters for this were black legislators, pastors, pastors right. and so forth, right. saying that crack is destroying yeah, our neighborhoods. Caucus. You have right. got to do something to, to save us from these predators. It, it and was, it was right. the word predator. It was right. also an omnibus bill, so it's ridiculous to pick out one thing. Oh, um, I, this I, bill yes. did like a half dozen, like a dozen different things. Yeah. Right. I don't want Biden to be president, but I don't want him also, I mean, really unfair. The attack upon him by Harris was really unfair. We move yes. on. We're going to talk about the debates in just a moment, but let's go to Angelo listening to us in Colorado, and he's listening to us on Sirius XM Satellite Radio. Whereabouts in uh, Colorado, uh, Angelo? Well, north of Denver. North of Denver. Between the uh, Fort Collins, uh, Loveland area. But, uh, Very good. Yeah, Bruce, I like your show a lot. Thank you. hope uh, you can get on uh, Sirius Satellite a little bit more often. Okay. <laughs> like well, hopefully, I do. I'm working on one year at a time, so go ahead, Angela. <laughs> uh, aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> I like the about the, about the Mueller report, and uh, one, of your, one of your guests there was talking about uh, Trump is an obvious lapdog to Putin, and I'd like to disagree with that, especially when you got Obama on the hot mic, especially when you got... Uh, Obama uh, with Syria and the red line, and then also decommissioning uh, missile defense uh, for NATO. I don't mm -hmm. think Trump is a lapdog. No. 
And the good news is, the good news is, Bruce, as Jim Jordan said, the Mueller report isn't going anywhere. I should say the Weissman report yes. isn't going right. anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. We're just opening this up. The other side now is going to start their investigations. The IG report will be coming out soon. Right. Oh, won't that be fun? No, right. no, when that comes out, and then the, the uh, Durham, uh, and that, the Durham, the Durham report that will follow yeah. that. Is there already There's investigating? A lot of the, the Democrats have got to, you know, they they've got to be prepared to play a lot of defense. Uh, I think for the next. Well, that may months. be something of what what's going on right now too. Yeah. They know this is coming. Yes, and that, and that may be why they want an uh, impeachment inquiry so they can at least get. Uh, their fair they share want to of get the, their, the their, their licks in first. Right. They know Listen, thank you coming. for your call. Let's go to Tony listening to us in Oklahoma City. Go ahead. You're on the air, Tony. Hello. Are you there? Yeah. Okay, Mary. Yes, go ahead. Cool. All right. Well, I was just um, kind of wondering because we're, we're giving credence to uh, Trump's. Uh, Hello? So I uh, don't. Yeah, turn your radio down because we're on delay. Uh, so go ahead once your radio is down, okay? Are you there? Well, we're going to... Are you there, Tony, or not? Or we're going to move on. Okay, so I was just saying we're going to the whole thing about Elijah Trump going back to his Baltimore and fixing the thing when it's under the purview of Congress, federal, you know, Congressional oversight to oversee federal uh, uh, programs. Where, however, Elijah Cummings is a federal worker. He doesn't oversee state and city maintenance. That's the, under the purview of state governors, uh, there, mayors. There's no, there's no question. There's no, there's no question about that. However, if you are a member of Congress and you represent a large municipal area. Your responsibility, and in many cases, you take pride how much federal funds you are pouring into your city. It may be for improved police department, it may be improved for water system, and may be improved for education. But again, congressmen, every two years, they take they take their bows on how much federal bacon they've been able to bring back. So again, you can't connect. Uh, you you know you cannot make a direct connection, but certainly uh, the fuel that comes to help many social services in in Baltimore County it comes through the federal government. It has uh, for you know a hundred years. So that's uh, and so does he have any more or less than other places? No, uh, but as the as the, as the member of Congress and as a committee chair, he has a lot of clout. And I'm sure that that money flows into that uh, that municipality, and it goes where he would like it to go. I mean, you would hope that that's what a member of Congress does, because they are close to uh, their constituency, they're close to the problems in the city. And I would hope that a congressman has something, uh, and then that he would have, uh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, the ability to uh, to funnel money where he wants it funneled. So you can't. Uh, you know, it, you can blame an alderman, you can blame a mayor, you can blame the local city council. But again, in this particular case, you also cannot look the other way and say that, you know, a ranking member of Congress for over 40 years uh, has no footprints or fingerprints on what happens in Baltimore. He does. Back shortly. I'm not saying he doesn't.
Keeping in touch with family and friends or reaching public safety officials can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power. Switch mobile phones and devices to power-saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, go to FCC.gov emergency. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Nice to have you with us. Uh, a reminder that on the 30 and 31st, uh, actually next week, uh, the Democrats are going to be having their debate uh, on CNN. And again, on the 30th, let's take a look at the people that are going to be debating on the 30th. You have Elizabeth Warren. You have uh, Bernie Sanders. You have Beto O'Rourke. You have Pete Buttigieg. You have Amy Klobuchar. You have John Delaney. Uh, you have uh, Tim Ryan. You have John Hickenlooper. You have uh, Marianne Williamson. And you have Steve Bullock, the governor of uh, Montana, will be making his first appearance. Mm. And then the next night, uh, the leaders, the, the main card is Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, Julian Castro, Jay Inslee, the governor of, Wisconsin, of Washington, uh, Kirsten Killebrand from New York, uh, Telsey Grabert, Gabbert, rather, uh, Senator Michael Bennett uh, of uh, Colorado, and uh, also Bill de Blasio, and Andrew Yang, who was on uh, television today. And uh, what do you think of, uh, Professor, let me ask you. Okay. <laughs> 21st birthday, everybody in America gets $1,000, and every month after that, they get $1,000. It's no $12, way $12,000 a year. Every American gets it. No. No. Uh, Why is that not a good idea? I understand what he's trying to do. But you know, and it, some people will point back to talk about Milton Friedman, yeah. yes. the free market guy. Yeah. Uh -huh. But his was a negative income tax. Right. And his idea was that everybody would be guaranteed a certain minimum, but the government wouldn't give money to people like Warren Buffett or to me or to you. You would uh -huh. only give it to people who are truly in need. Yes. And, and so I, could, I, I do not want people starving in the streets. I think we are a, a, we should do it through our religious teaching. As a Christian, I'm supposed to do that. But if the government is going to be a means through which we can redistribute some, I want to make sure that there's no people who are starving. But beyond that, I don't think so we should be giving money to everybody. So you could say to somebody, you know what, here's your $12,000, because part of the plan is to do away with, with welfare. Oh, see, that's not going to happen. You don't think that will That's what yes. even Milton Friedman said. I, All you would do this is through the IRS. You would, no, you would need no bureaucracy running things such as aid to families with dependent children and so forth, everybody would be guaranteed this minimum income. But how much would money would the be, IRS. How much money would be saved if you did away with those uh, various agencies? I just don't believe they'd be done away with. They're not going to be done away with. So they I, never I, do I away agree, with those agencies. I agree with that. I, it, 
I the, the idea is interesting. I, I'd like a debate on it. It's uh, well, he's, th th this is he's going to try well, to do it. Well, no, this on, on both sides, week. legitimately, to the extent that that can happen nowadays. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was a Milton Friedman idea. Sure. It's Charles Murray actually supports Absolutely. the idea mm -hmm. of universal but it's basic more income right the, now. The Friedman idea. But but the point that you made, Mike, is I I agree with it. it the reason why it's, the idea is not attractive is because the the welfare bureaucracy that we have ain't going anywhere. That's right. And this is being sold by conservatives as like a dollar for dollar swap almost. But you will never get rid of Medicaid, for example. You'll never get rid right. of TANF. And that's why I think the wheels come off this idea, okay. as interesting as it is. By the way, they, the uh, Fox News uh, came out with a presidential poll uh, last week. Uh, and uh, the president didn't like this poll at all. He, he oh, criticized yeah. right. Fox for doing this poll. <laughs> right. How dare you come up with a poll that shows me losing? Yes. Right. But it shows this is this a head head to head uh, if the election were held uh, immediately, which it's not. It, Biden would beat the president forty nine to thirty nine, a ten point lead. Right. Bernie Sanders would have a six point lead, forty six percent to the president's forty percent, and uh, Elizabeth Warren. Uh, she would lose to the president. She would run behind the president by one point, 41 to 42. That's certainly within the margin of error, as would uh, Kamala Harris at 40 percent uh, to Trump's 41 percent. So the two women would be slightly behind. The two men would be slightly ahead. And uh, Pete Buttigieg was not uh, in that in oh. that run up as well. But, right. Uh, and any surprise in that? Uh, I, I no. Just, I. I <laughs> I find it preposterous. Uh, what, of course, it is at this point in the election, and and, and yeah. uh, but the idea that once it's down to one Democrat and one yep. Republican, right. and the Democrat has to live with all those crazy ideas that have come out during this this uh, right. primary season, like we have to protect the abortion rights of men. Right. Things like this are going to come out, and they're going to bite the Democrat. Sure. And there's not a chance that right. Joe Biden can keep up with the energy of a Donald Trump. He's going to appear to be exactly old and right. doddering. Right. And we're not going to elect right. he's gonna a make, socialist. You know, he's going to make Mueller. Shop, he's going to make Mueller look sharp in comparison. Judy, yeah. I was I was out shopping uh, yesterday, and I found something. I almost I almost bought it for you. It was a, it was a it was a toy show. They had they had all action figures, and I saw an action figure for Elizabeth Warren. Oh, it's an action doll, and uh, it's a. Uh, there's the action doll if you're watching us on television. Oh, there it is. She's got the little red jacket. A bobblehead. And uh, it's right next to the <laughs> wow. Pope, right next to Barack Obama. Oh, my God. And oh Hillary my. Clinton. I mean, that's, that's insane. it. That's insane. Not, not for you? No, not, not for me. For not, also, not really. Was the doll, was the doll called <laughs> the Scold? Is that no, the no, name no, of this no, doll? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, by the way, no, we've, we've mentioned uh, many times on this program that, you know, when we talk about, uh, you know, uh, the winnability, and the ability to win, obviously, more and more Democrats are saying they're looking for a candidate that can win as opposed to someone that they're absolutely madly in love with, right. you know, politically. So uh, we've always said that it really, if you're talking about actually Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania and to some extent Ohio, although Ohio is pretty much, I think, considered more of a Republican state now. But these are those three states. If you look at Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, you see that Michigan has 16 electoral college votes. Washington, um, uh, Wisconsin has 10. Mm -hmm. Pennsylvania has 20. 
for a total of 46 electoral votes. Those 46 electoral votes, really, that's the election. If Donald Trump does not do well in those races, Donald Trump is not going to be reelected president of the United States. And look at the numbers. These are the, this is the margin of error from 2016. 10,704 votes in the state of Michigan, 22,748 in Wisconsin, and 44,292 in Pennsylvania. A total of 77,744 votes. That's it. Mm-hmm. But see, that that's is precisely... not a lot of votes no. to switch, folks. And again, but the president isn't going to have the element of surprise like right. he did last time. But he does still have the element of people do not want to admit they're going to vote for him. That element he still has, number one. Number two, I think that he's probably doing better in those states that you were pointing out than he was doing in in 2016. I don't see those states flipping. I really don't because the people in those states still have the same issues they had. They've had some change in terms of things getting better. They know that the getting better has been due to Donald Trump. And the question, the idea that they're just all going to go run and vote for, I, I don't even know. Who are they going to vote for? I mean, maybe Joe Biden, well, maybe. if Joe Biden Great. could could resurrect the Joe Biden of 10 years ago even, all right? But he's not. He but can't. Would, but would you acknowledge that, that, that a big difference is the, the level uh, of, of uh, just hatred that many people had for Hillary Clinton. There really isn't anybody in this race, I don't think, that has the level of hatred no. against her like, like uh, no, Hillary I, Clinton. No, I would agree. I would agree. And that, uh, that, that was, that was, a, that, that that was, was a big was chunk of the vote. No, it was palpable. I don't know the amount, but, yeah, but big chunks. Right. But on top of being so disliked, she also called many people deplorables. I was just yes. in she ex-urban half Pittsburgh. The I, I had to go back for yeah. some family reasons into that area, and I went to breakfast, and in this small diner in ex-urban Pittsburgh, there were a lot of Trump hats. There were people that, and I think that it has, and I talked to one of them. I said, where did you get the hat, and, and so forth, and, and we talked for about 10 minutes, and it, he's very much in favor of the president, what he is doing, and I think a lot of people in, in Pennsylvania were insulted by what the Democrats called them, you know, their guns and and. And, well, and hugging their Bibles and everything. Yeah, but and they haven't forgotten it. I, I haven't, and I haven't forgotten the fact that I was called a deplorable, and I've been called essentially because I'm a Republican, a Nazi, and I, all these different names that, that people are called just because of our party affiliation. So that Some kind of Demo- anger, even though we're not angry against Hillary, we're angry against a party that looks down on us the way that they do. Some Democrats mm-hmm. are arguing that the, the way that you win in these states, if you look at, at where these 77,000 votes came from, they came from, in many cases, the big cities, like Philadelphia, mm-hmm. like Detroit, and Madison, mm-hmm. and Milwaukee, rather. You look at those markets, and the, the number of African-American voters was significantly down. I think it was fairly the same in, in Philadelphia, but it was the lack of black turnout mm-hmm. in the big urban areas of those states. That was the difference. That's the 77,000 votes. So, so again, so if, what, do you what need... candidate is going to bring, I mean, do you think Kamala Harris 
is has the appeal that Barack Obama had as the first black man to run for no, president of the United no, States. The question is, who's the question is, who's the question is, do you think? The question is, do you think that there, that Kamala Harris would do better than Hillary Clinton? That's that's what you've yeah. got to measure. Is there somebody out there that's going to do better with Hillary Clinton that's going to get a larger she, black she, vote without being someone that is she, a level of hatred that that uh, Hillary has? Campbell that's Harris. really the challenge. And I, when we come back, I want you to make the point because we have one more segment to go and we will bring it to you shortly. Don't go away. Sandberg, and I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen. Now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it. Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness, helping themselves and helping each other with friends, family, and community lending their strength and support. Join the Voices for Recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders, for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. We got an uh, email here saying that uh, this per they don't think you're deplorable, Mike. You've got oh, a fan and, out there. That was even more insulting. We, we could it, put it up for a vote, but you know, we got one yeah, for you here. But she even said that I was irredeemable. And I think, you know, oh. as a Christian, I find that absolutely insulting, Terrible, that no. every soul is redeemable. And, and for her to say that you are deplorable and irredeemable. That was the worst. I, 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 uh -huh. To this day, it still bugs me. Even Elizabeth Warren? Oh, everybody. Everybody. Mark in Chicago, <laughs> you're listening to us on... Uh, where are you listening to us, Mark? Are you on the, the radio. Are you listening to it on the radio? Very good. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> what, what's your question? Well, uh, just two quick things. Uh, you can put racism next to the term breaking news. I think they're so overused, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just wanted to That's make good. a comment. That's good. I just wanted to make a comment that uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, President Trump uh, said something about the country of Haiti. He called it an S little country. Yes. Mm -hmm. And about a week later at the BBC, they uh, had a film crew in Florida, and they interviewed a bunch of Haitians, and they said he's right. That's why <laughs> we moved out of Haiti and we're living in Florida. They, yeah, they, they were saying how corrupt the government in Haiti is. Right. And they said that we moved to, to uh, Florida to get away from the corruption, and President Trump mm -hmm. was right, is right. Yeah. So, no, that, that, that's, that, that's a good point. You know, you know another point uh, that came up this, uh, this week, Mark, and I want to get your, your thoughts on it, and this did not get a lot of publicity because the you know the president steps every time he tweets he he upstages his 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 message, but there was a big agreement with Guatemala right. this week, and basically Guatemala agreed 
to cooperate with the United States, to be a third country so that anyone who's living in, in, the, in the triangle down there, any one of those three countries, they can go to Guatemala, they can make their application for asylum to the United States mm, right. there. There you go. Right. The decisions can be made there, and then if you if you make it to the United States, you make the next step. Now, this was something that mm. you know. Th this didn't sound like this was this idea that needed a think tank to come up with this idea. But finally, President Trump got it done, and he said, "By the way, he said, you know, there, there there's been some encouragement for them to do it." You know, maybe they're going to yeah, deal with some tariffs. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was the use of, uh, of the tariff to, to sort of that's you know, exactly solve the problem. That's a big problem that, that doesn't, didn't need Congress to be involved of with. Of course. Right. And, and I've argued over the years I've been on the show that uh, as a conservative, I am very much in favor of immigration, legal immigration, where they come in through the front door. And this is the perfect way. And mm -hmm. I'd be willing to ex accept twice as many legal immigrants. But just please come in the front door, and this is. But you're not allowed to say that. I'm probably now a racist because I said that. Judy. Well, I, I mean, so. yeah, I I agree. That was a, a wonderful agreement. I mean, I think also the agreement that he's made with Mexico, to to deal with with the migrants and the problems there, has also been downplayed, and and mm -hmm. hardly anybody knows anything about it. Some of that is because, you know, he, he issues tweet storms and then he people on focus on that. But, but the media is very happy. To, I mean, this is clickbait. This is stuff that people want to see. Uh, they're not so interested in an agreement that might actually solve Mm -hmm. the the illegal immigration problem. No, they or wouldn't issue between now and I, next November. I don't agree with that. I, I mean, this, you the, think we, the media we, is we, interested got, in any of this? We've got an impasse in immigration because neither side wants a deal, basically. Right. Oh, wait, wait, Nancy Pelosi, the Democrats will not give Donald Trump a victory, any kind of victory. That I agree with. Yeah, but yes. I, the Supreme, so I, the Supreme I, I Court gave him a victory a with a couple victory. of billion dollars. Yeah, but right. Right. That's still going to be litigated around. in the courts. But, yeah, that's but the president was not all. Was it litigated the in the courts of the Supreme Court already voted? No, no. What they did? All right. So there was this. There's this miserable thing going on in the federal courts where. One district court judge will issue uh, a nationwide injunction. That's what happened with the border wall situation. Uh, the Sierra Club filed a lawsuit. The, the judge issued this uh, national injunction. And one of the things that the Department of Justice has done since Jeff Sessions left is they've become very aggressive in their litigation uh, posture with respect to the Supreme Court. And they applied to the Supreme Court to cut through uh, having to wait a year to figure out what happens with the border wall. And the Supreme Court took a look at this and they lifted the stay. Yeah. Now, when a court lifts the stay, they, they go to great lengths to tell you, we're not doing this on the merits, okay? Mm -hmm. They don't lift the stay if they think that the merits are not going to break in the direction of the party asking you to lift the stay. So likely, the president will, after he uses the money, because the reason this decision had to be made now is it had to be made before the end of the fiscal year and they had to use the money. So he's going to use the money. And that's, that's it, it, I mean, it's going to really be a moot point 
once the lit the litigation is going to continue, but the issue is going to be pretty much resolved. But the but the issue is still an issue in in the minds of the public because of the pictures that exist right. of women and children being treated yeah. unfairly or un, in an uncleanly but let, way. Let people at remember the that that the people who opposed getting more money to yes. those people were the Democrats. Were the Democrats. Democrats. And the person who wanted to get the money mm -hmm. was the president of the United States. That's right. That's right. And he was the one that said there was a crisis, and they said there's no crisis. And now they agree there's a crisis. Uh, we are out of time for those standing on the line. Uh, we are sorry we're not able to get to you this evening, but I want to thank our guests. Chris Peronis, thank you very much for being with us. Judy Sherwin, always a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you. And Mike Miller from DePaul University. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Our thanks to Hector and uh, Brita and Andrew and Fritz for their assistance in the production of this program. I'm Bruce Dumont. Until next Sunday night, good night from Chicago. Samberg, and I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen. Now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it. Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness, helping themselves and helping each other with friends, family, and community lending their strength and support. Join the Voices for Recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders, for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Keeping in touch with family and friends or reaching public safety officials can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power. Switch mobile phones and devices to power-saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, Go to FCC.gov slash emergency. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. 
I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org.